So this is, it was this Islamic retreat. There was people from all over the world, all end of the spectrum, lots of different backgrounds. But they're all united on this one thing. First of all, they were hugely passionate, but passionate about Islam in a way that I've never ever heard it before. So they're talking about Islam as, uh, and it's a force of the world. And I was like blown away because I was like, I have never heard what Islam talked about like that before. Mm. And it was empowering, right? They're all united on- Islam's the solution. Islam's the solution to the problem. So we need to push out, uh, everyone's got different problems that they can solve. When you're in Fitra, you're kind of in flow. Yeah. But very, very few people get to know what the Fitra is because we never really look into it. We don't really get to know ourselves until it's too late. Assalamualaikum, I'm Faisal. I'm a writer, entrepreneur and uh, all-around great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I am the founder at No and the co-founder of Muslim CEO. How long have you been in entrepreneurship now? So this coming year will be 10 years. Are you, are you doing all right now? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the nature of entrepreneurship is that you have to be prepared to go on the roller coaster. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't know what that roller coaster was going to be. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was never what you call a natural entrepreneur or, or you know how they say Alan Sugar or whatever. He says, oh, yeah, I was 16 and I, yeah. you know, so it was never like that for me. Uh, but what was interesting is that there's one conversation I had with my dad. Um, so this is like 2012, 2013. And I think we were looking just at, I was looking at the family finances. I was just trying to help him out and stuff. And he was, we was looking at the mortgage and I was saying, he was like, oh, we still owe like X amount on the mortgage. And, um, I was like, okay, that's still quite a lot. You know, maybe we can, how can we like get that, um, like down? And I, I said to him, oh, how long have you been paying this mortgage anyway? Like when, when is it going to end? And he still said, oh, it's still like 20 odd years or whatever. So I said, and then and then he, he just started talking. Sorry, he said, "Oh, in our, first, our first house we bought in the you know eighties or eighty two or something, and I got a mortgage then. I got a mortgage then for twenty five k, and then obviously we had a few house moves." And, and he goes, "That and so so he goes, I've been paying a mortgage every single month uh, since nineteen eighty two, and I said, how do you how much do you owe today? Oh, forty k. I was like, from that original twenty five k, it's never he's never ever made a dent in it." Mm-hmm. He's never, despite always paying, I know I get there's a few second mortgages there and loans or whatever. So that depressed the hell out of me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was thinking to myself that, that that was the first spark of, okay, you know what? What am I actually doing? Uh, but, I was, but I was in the corporate world and I was in a, a, a semi-decent career, you'd say. A lot of people would look at me and think, okay, you're actually doing all right. But it was, but I was like, the more I continue on this, it's not really going to... Um, be, I'm not going to be in that position where oh, yeah, I can pay off his mortgage, I can do this, I can do that. As in, the more, if you, the more you continue down the corporate route, you're never going to get into a position where you're going to have a large chunk of yeah, money. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I thought, yeah, it's not going to solve our problem. And I think this was coincided with my own to sort of discovery into, into Ribbon. But did you, have, did you have a problem with your like um, employers? Like you didn't, didn't want to be told what to do and all that? Oh, no, you know, I don't know that, that as well. That's a whole different story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so you had that issue as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm going to come into that there. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that was the first spark of, okay, you know what, maybe... And how old were you at this stage? I was uh, 26, 27. Okay. Yeah, so so that, that was one, like, you know how you have significant moments? So that was a, a bit of a spark. Yeah. Another significant moment was the fact that throughout my um, teenage years, uh, I was quite naturally intelligent, right? So I was naturally intelligent. I would, um, a straight A student, all that stuff. Yeah. Until the point where I learned how you know, I was, uh, I didn't have to work hard. I can just pass without working and stuff, right? Um, and so I started cruising through and and believe my own hype and stuff uh, so i went into cruise control um went into choosing my degree at university uh i wanted to do journalism i was i was also a good writer and stuff so i wanted to do journalism 
uh, the time, uh, but the, so this was back in 2001. That's why I was choosing my options. So I went to uni in 2002. And the time <coughs> it came to choose my options, what happened was 9-11 just happened. Yeah. And 9-11 just happened, right? And all of a sudden, I was seeing the media yeah. go full-blown against Muslims. Mm. Mm. And that gave me cold feet. I was like, oh my God. Like, and then the question started. Oh, so you were afraid of going into journalism because of what the media was yeah. doing? Yeah. No, no. Because yeah, I thought, oh my God, like, what? You, you, know, they, you don't want to be reporting against yeah, Muslims. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If my boss tells me to do this and that, I might have to, you know. So I was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't want to do this, but that's the only idea I had. I didn't really know what mm. else to do. So what you do at that point when you've got no right idea. Default uh, default subject. You default, yeah, default subject. Oh, okay. Well, well, let me ask one more, Dad. Let me ask one. Law. Uh, law. Yeah. Right? Law or medicine, right? Yeah, and obviously, yeah. because I was more linguistics and yeah. languages, okay, law, fine. Okay. So I did law. But you might have enjoyed doing journalism despite all of that, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, if you asked me to, oh, could you see yourself as a journalist? Probably not, actually. I, I could see you as a journalist. Competency-wise, I could definitely do it. Yeah. Um, ethically and all that stuff, probably yeah. not. Right? It, would, it wouldn't sit right with me. If you found the right spot, you could that's something that you would really thrive in possibly if you could report the true facts and if you could if you could give your yeah. thoughts on the whole yeah. thing and 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 that could have impact you would enjoy doing that uh yes yeah but that's that's quite a, um that would probably be very unlikely to do that in this yeah, this day and age and this, this yeah. backdrop and stuff yeah yeah so anyway so i did i did law again didn't really enjoy it i just I came out of it just thinking the only thing i've learned from this is that i don't i hate law right um so then my, my point is that most people are, uh, most people, are, especially in this day and age, in the 20s, are quite a little bit like this. Mm. Some people are either very clear, oh yeah, I want to be a doctor, or I want to do that, and they get very specific. But most people are, you know, cruising through, mm. right? And so when you're, when you're cruising through, nobody really, I, I found anyway that I didn't really have anyone like fully guiding me and stuff. So you're just kind of left to your own whims and desires. So, the, so at that point, I was just like, okay, well, I don't really, I, I know, all I know is I don't want to do law. So what do I want to do? Okay, well, I just want to work for a big company. Mm. Okay, that's, everyone else is supposed to do it. There's no originality or anything. Mm. I, I, again, part of the problem is that you don't really know yourself at that mm. age. Mm. Um, so, okay, big company. So applied all these graduate schemes. Fortunate to get one on my doorstep, Boots. Mm. So Boots had office in Nottingham. Mm. Uh, and that was good. So, but again, I remember going to the... the uh, what happened is that I got, uh, I got uh, recruited into their graduate pool. So they have a whole pool. And then they do like personality tests and all these kind of things. And they said, oh, <coughs> you suit being in our buying team. Hmm. So, they, they, so they basically put me into their buying team. And then my career selected for me. You're a buyer. Off you go. Right? So then I did that. Um, got headhunted. Went to a different role uh, down south uh, at, the, at the perfume shop. Um, so again, I enjoyed it. I, mean, I enjoyed it for what it is. You know, it was a, uh, but it was kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. What happened was that again in my so in every single role that I was in though, um, there was a bit of a, a, a like you know I, I realized afterwards that I'm a bit of a non-conformist and and so there was some of these kind of challenges, but there's also every manager said to me, oh, first of all, I wish you were more passionate, and I was like I'm not sure what you mean I'm I'm professional I come here I do my job every day. You just oh, not in the game. You ain't got the, skin in the game. But they just I don't know but I don't, we know no, we've got we're not complaints about how you work and. I wish you showed more passion though. I didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> what does passion mean? Right? Um, 
And I just thought I'm, a, I'm just a, I, you know, I don't really get excited about things. As I know you, it's odd for me to hear somebody said to you, you're not passionate because I, the way that I, you're the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. You are the most passionate. Yeah. You're yeah, a very passionate person yeah, yeah. and you're passionate about everything. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not just work or entrepreneurship. You're, you're, there's anything that you get into, you're very passionate about it. I, so am I. That's why me and you get on yeah, so well yeah. because if I'm into something, I'm, I only get into stuff that I'm really passionate about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was, that was, that was my, my, my norm at, in my 20s. And so that was one thing that, that confused me. And the second thing was, oh, first of all, I wish you'd specialise in something. That, you know, because what, what happened was that I wasn't buying, but I was always, I was always like going to speak to the marketers or the finance guys and, oh, what are you guys working on, this and that. And so I had a friend in like different departments and stuff. Oh, you know, Faso, you, you need to specialise in something. That, that, kept, that haunted me. You know, oh, you're a generalist, jack of all trades, all that stuff. So I got to that point where, you know, we have a crossroads. I was, I was 26 now at this point. And I was like, okay, what, what do I do? Um, uh, and I thought, okay, well, I've got, I had a bit of a bugbear at this point as well, because I was like, oh, you know what, this is where I started regretting the me cruising through. Because even though I was like, I'd got, I got decent grades, I didn't get the grades I was, you know, predicted or was capable of. Um, uh, but then what happened was, okay, I thought, you know what, I've got a chance to come back to Nottingham and I can either do an MBA uh, and go into like business and stuff. Again, that's another thing people do when they don't really know what they're doing. It's just <laughs> yeah. a general thing. Standard or, route. Standard route, right? Or I can, um, okay, you know, maybe I can, I can exercise some demons and actually do the LPC and spe finally specialize in being a lawyer, which is what I set out to do and stuff. Uh, and so, so I did. I mean, I, I, so um, I applied for uh, law school, not in law school. Um, and to be honest, that year I loved. I actually really enjoyed getting back, you know, because you had that appreciation for, oh, you know what, this is my chance to exercise my demons and uh, and redeem myself a little bit and stuff. Uh, so I did it. I got fully involved in all the extracurricular stuff. So I did Arabic. I did Islamic finance at that time. I also did. Um, um, all these, um, you know, Nottingham Junior Lawyers Division, all that stuff, right? So I got really, really into it. And I thought, yeah, okay, okay that's what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a lawyer now going forward. This was at the time of the crash, 2009 and stuff, right? right? Um, so, yeah, so I came out of there um, and thinking, okay, I'm going to go in law. So I got a, a, te a temporary job uh, within the NHS initially. Uh, and they offered me like a permanent job. I said, no, no, I'm going to be a lawyer. I don't want, I, don't, I just, temporary fine for now, whilst I'm looking to get uh, a tra <coughs> training contracts. Um, at this point, uh, I had this uh, a trip. So, so you know how you have you have significant milestones in your life. So this is another one. I, I, I took this trip to South Africa, to oh, yeah. to Cape Town. Yeah. So this is like 2010, 2011. And what were you doing in Cape Town anyway? Yeah. So there was a, there was a, there was a retreat happening there, oh. right? There was a retreat, and there was about 150 people there from 30 different countries, and. I don't know. I don't want. I don't, I don't actually know what possessed me to go. To be honest, but it was just. I've always Cape Town's one of the places I've, I've always found fascinating. I travelled a lot when I was younger, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was. I, I was basically you know, your typical guy that um, is professional. He's got a decent job. And he's he out does traveling, traveling and experiencing the world, all that and stuff. All. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, not really much deep yeah. stuff, but it's just kind of living life in that sense. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. Semi practicing. You know, yeah. go to Mars ritual. All the, yeah, all the rituals yeah. and stuff, right? But no real depth. Uh, so anyway, so I went to when, when, when I went to um, South Africa. Um, what I, um, so this it was like this Islamic retreat. But what I found was all these people. First of all, they were hugely passionate. Number one, really passionate and stuff. But passionate about Islam, and about Islam in a way that I've never ever heard it before. Right. So it was, and um, it was basically they were talking about Islam as. Uh, like a, a powerful solution. They're saying, "Oh yeah, so yeah, these problems in the world. Oh, this is the economic problem, 
And then there's the environmental problem. Was that the Muslim? No, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the Darqawi yeah. lot. No, no, it wasn't okay. that. It wasn't, it wasn't, okay. yeah. And so anyway, so they're talking about Islam as a, and it's a force of the world and it, it can solve the economic problem, it can solve the environmental problem, it can solve um, the social problem and this problem. And I was like blown away because I was like, I have never heard what Islam talked about like that before. Mm. And it was empowering. And you know, you talk about the, 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 the dispassionate guy. It was the first thing that gave me a spark. A spark. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, okay. I don't know. And, and like, again, some of this stuff. And the, the, so that was one massive, like, breakthrough moment. Okay, well, that, that was very, very interesting. The second thing was that there was people from all over the world, from lots of different backgrounds. So there was the, 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 the Sufis, there was Salafis there, there was the Avandis there, there were Brelvis there, there all, all end of the spectrum. I think there were a couple of Shias there as well. Literally every... But they're all united on this one thing, mm-hmm. right? They're all united on... Islam's the solution. Islam's the solution to the problem. So we need to push out and, and put... And, and so I was like, that was, that was very, very powerful. And and it was, it was almost like, look, everyone's got different problems that they can solve, right? Like, okay, some people are, who are interested in journalism and writing, okay, well, what's, what problem can that tackle for Islam? All that stuff. So that was where a spark was kind of um, given. But then everyone was united around the problem. And that spoke to another deep problem I had from childhood, which was um, I was always a different uh, background to my my friends, right? My family were, you know, so all those that you'd eat on different days. Then there was all the playground, you know, uh, debates and yeah. stuff like that. And, and I, never, I never really understood it because I, I would always go to both mosques. Because you, you finally had a sense of belonging, basically. What's that would mean? At this conference, you probably had to say No, no, no. I, was, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's... Nah, no, you remember something speaks to Fitra? Mm. It's like, I've always felt that, but mm. nobody else could see it. Mm. And so what, what happened was that I just came back from that, that uh, event. Even though I was still, like, you know, I was uh, working in the NHS and, <coughs> um, you know, look, looking for legal jobs and stuff. I was like, you know what? I came back and I'm man-possessed. You know what? I kind of stopped listening to music. I stopped listening to everything. I was like... This hunger for knowledge. I need to learn about this kind of stuff. So I was just like, like man possessed, reading lots of books, all sorts. And um, I said, okay, you know what? I want to come back and just share with my own city some of the stuff that I learned. Right. Uh, so I put on an event, a conference, and and so the event initially was called. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. It's called No Sects, Please. We're British. Right. No, have you have you heard that saying? No sex, please. We're British. I think so. Yeah, but it's called no sects, as in okay. sects. So, oh, so right, okay. the idea of speaking to, okay. and that the the concept of it like bombed completely. Oh, like, basically, the old people. Oh no no no! Basically, people were happy in their sects. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, nobody wanted a yeah. cross sect. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, right, that's the wrong wrong, wrong angle, right? Um, so a few a few months later, I um, put one on, and it was just to do with uh, it was called clarity about reality. Right, clarity about reality because it was like, look, all these problems that the world we have in the world, the Muslims have in the world, we all share. So, uh, so it was kind of neutral. It was actually sex neutral in, in that sense. It was like, oh, we're not um, look, looking at that. We're looking at the big picture. And so the, the, well, there was one talk that uh, was about the media and the Muslims. So I talked about Islamophobia and all this kind of stuff and bias or whatever. Then there was one that talked about the, the economic slavery that that you know the monetary, monetary system is doing. Then one was talking about the food and uh, the, the food that we're eating and uh, and the, the healthcare system, right? So there's all these different uh, things and. Again, a lot of this stuff, to be honest, was to satisfy my own curiosity. I was interested in these things, and I was I always wanted to have that person speak and all that stuff. So anyway, we brought it all together, and what was interesting was just uh, how much people were um, like fascinated by it. And since that, uh, we had three hundred seats, 
and it, they got sold out within three four three four days. All from like different cities. Three hundred seats. Three hundred seats. Oh, yeah. and, and when was this? So about two thousand eleven was this? Yeah, two thousand twelve. Yeah, something like that. So, um, so and, and people travelled from all over the country to be there. I was like, whoa, okay, what, what is this, right? And um, so it, it, it seemed like you know, maybe I, I touched on something. Anyway, so my my intention, okay, it's a one-off thing. I've I've shared a little bit. Okay, done. Um, but what happens? So after the event, everyone's like, oh, when's your next event? When's your next event? And so, and they thought it was like a big organization. And so, and so basically that sparked this um, creation I, of no. Yeah, it's creation of no, basically. Yeah, so that's, this has been your non-profit organization. Yeah. No's non-profit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's, so this is, this is actually where your kind of catalyst actually, this is the genesis was all of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because I've never really asked you what the genesis of it all yeah, was. Yeah. So this is how it all came about really. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So, so yeah. So, so what happened was that post no. I was finally finding something that I was passionate about, right? right. That's the first thing. Okay. Secondly, it was giving me the sense of deep, higher purpose. Mm. I was like, okay, you know, I, we've got a problem to solve, mm. and this is solving the problem of oh, Muslims are not. And you've no, had validation not, as well because yeah, you've valid- had people turn up. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've had validation yeah. for the idea. Absolutely, yeah. And and it, and again, it spoke to something that was within me, which is oh, I was talking about various topics. So it wasn't oh, specialized in one thing. Oh, I, you know, okay, what's media got to do with food? Yeah, but it was there isn't, yeah, there, there isn't, isn't but it was you know this whole not I wouldn't say polymathy, but this whole holistic yeah. world view that that was another core theme of, about about myself, right? So so that was that, um, yeah, and, and then so what happened was that yeah, so post that first event, we had people wanting to join in you know about a year or year and a half after the event, we had like fifteen. Um, volunteers around the world. We had like multiple events that we were putting on. We had um, um, we, we were doing like podcasts back then. We were, this, is, like, <coughs> ten, this is ten years ago, right? We were doing podcasts. Wow. We were doing lectures and articles, also. So it was like it's become this little mini, and and it was it had a kind of lens of uh, end times, right? So because again, um, the idea is that look, all look, we all what all one thing that everyone agrees on is that the end times is is we're on the doorstep. Yeah. So what we do is nearing. For it. It's nearing, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, what it's nearing. What, what what we're doing to prepare for it. So that was the the angle that we were coming from. And so the, you know, and so anyway, that that kind of um, you know it, it, it went uh, run um, from sort of the, the, the you know from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen twenty fifteen. That was kind of like my side project. I would do in the and so as that as that sort of taking materializing and getting more and more momentum, my desire for my career. Was was diminishing. I was finding more and more problems. I was not enjoying it. Mm. Um, and plus, you've also at this point now you've seen you've seen a different side of the coin of of what is possible. So yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like I can pick that up and I can apply that energy to my career. That there is something that I've never discovered before. Yeah. There's something that can transform me. So why not apply that to my career at the same time? That's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, it? absolutely. I mean, look, with with my career, I found um, there was a few elements. Right. One was that. It was the um, there was a lot of like inconsistency. Yeah. People would say one thing, oh, so you know, work at the NHS, and oh, we've got to pass then on the complain p- about so, it. But you got to you got to really care, take care of the the end patient and all that kind of stuff. But um, I was working in the buying team, right? So in the, yeah. in the so I was buying I was buying for all of the hospitals in the UK. Mm. So and the idea is that to deliver savings and stuff. So I, so I was finding a little bit of an inconsistency with how people, what people said and what people Sorry. did. Yeah, I mean, what I want to talk about, do, okay, 
when it comes to entrepreneurship, we can continue talking about your story about the no and stuff. Do you want to do you want to talk about the 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 dark realities of entrepreneurship, or do you want to stay away from that? No, I can. I can. Uh, so the, I, don't, I don't want to lead you into anything um, that you don't. I don't you know because some people, a lot of people say with me like, oh, you're too dark about stuff, you're too alarmist or whatever. But you and I have had a lot of shared experiences. Yeah, yeah of course. Right, even though I'm the the the, the guy that was initially providing advice to a lot of people and I've been doing the business strategy and I've been in entrepreneurship a lot longer than everybody else as well everybody that's my age I've been in entrepreneurship a lot longer than they have yeah and more consistently so yeah of course but I've had huge amount especially in the last few years I've had a massive amount of struggle and it's not been it's not been this you know what we all thought it to be and, we, and you and I have both have a well he's more your friend than he's mine but we have a mutual friend where we've been discussing this together yeah that what we thought entrepreneurship was going to be it hasn't been that yeah. But at the same time, we're still idealistic about it because we know it has a potential. It's just there are other factors that are preventing it from being what we want it to be. Yeah. Right. It's I still would. It's entrepreneurship for me has been a massive struggle. And it's and it's actually been a lot harder than having a job because of the psychological burden that comes with it. Yeah. But having to answer to your family and the 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 burden of the the money's up and down and, and your, the book stops with you on everything. Yeah. But given the right circumstances, I would still choose entrepreneurship. Yeah. Because the the dark side of it, I, I just can't deal with that. Yeah. Right? yeah, the, yeah. The, the the flip side, of which, which is being in the job and the, the, the concept of slavery and the, the the slavery dynamic of it all. And they're telling me what to do and they're, they've been able to just get rid of me at drop of a hat. And the throughout. I like the idea of the consistent money coming in. But having said that. There's very few people that I know that have made it entrepreneurially yeah. where I wanted it to be. Yeah. I have one uh, person. There's one person that I know personally. Okay, well, there's two people. First of all, when I when I first started in entrepreneurship, I saw all the success of it. So my first business, yeah. million pounds. We managed to use that money to pay off the mortgage, like what you're saying. We actually managed to do that. We managed to pay the mortgage off, got the nice cars. We went, uh, used the money to go on Hajj and Umrah. We did managed to do all those things. But then we weren't able to repeat that. Yeah. Right? I know somebody now who's done very well out of entrepreneurship. He's been able to do all the things that he had dreamed of doing that he wouldn't be able to do with a job. He's been able to pay for his sister's wedding. Yeah. He's been able to pay cash. He's been paid his wedding cash. He's got the money to pay the mortgage off cash. He's been able to do, you know, he's been able to help other people out. He's been able to do a lot of things. But not, but not everybody's able to do that. Yeah. And you and I have had a lot of these conversations where we've been sat on a cold winter's morning <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning where you're burned out. Yeah. I'm kind of coming, I'm kind of past the burnout and we've been having this conversation about, should I keep going? Should I call it quits? Yeah. Should I change direction? And all of that. And it's, you know, and, and people don't see that side of things. Yeah. But at the same time, as hard as it is, I know for a fact that you would still choose entrepreneurship. 100%. And I would still choose it, but it's actually even harder than being in a job. It's even harder. Of course it is. And the people around you don't understand that. Yeah. They don't see that. They just think, well, I, I've had people say to me, yeah, but you can choose when you, you can choose the hours that you want. You can you work whenever you want. You're your own boss and all that. I was like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. Yeah. You know, again, a lot, you know, a lot of people are very surface level, right? So on the surface, me being in a job for 10 years, 
what would I, I'd probably be on post six figures by now. I'd be, I'd have a like really nice car. I'd probably, you know, be a lot healthier because you'd have no real. Let's, let's, let's talk about the actual figure. Six figures. What, what, what are you saying? What is six figures? What are you saying? What kind no, of? No, I don't, so I, no, I'm, I'm talking about in a corporate job. Yeah. Um, if you'd I, carried on that, if I carried on, I would have been on maybe 100, 150k. Okay, so let's let's say you're on 150k. Yeah. So you would have been by now. You'd be on about 150k. What would you like? What would your life have looked like? Oh, well, I could tell you. What, how I felt 10 years ago and it it would only have been more of the same and which is what which is a complete and utter erosion of the soul that's really? that's how I would say so you'd it. feel d- disconnected from yourself detached no you, yeah you, you're basically um, you become almost like a robot you're almost I, I, I call it like a jasad the way you're kind of because uh, a jasad is the Arabic version for, for just a body okay. and you're there in body you're not there in spirit mm. you're just okay tapping away and and look I'm not saying every job's like this but it I'm is. saying huh? it is it is it <laughs> is I'm some people, you, some people love what they do no 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 every job is like this <laughs> I, I'm not, I, you know what I've realised actually every job is like this people are lying to themselves yeah. let's just be let's just be honest about that you, you know you know what was interesting was that um again some of this stuff comes down to what your inspirations are how you've been not programmed but how what you, you know what are your influences and stuff and i realized that you know for example when i when i quit so what, let me just tell you how i quit right? yeah no that's fine um so what no so what i realized right is that i was finding my job more and more annoying more and more um so things that i would normally just do happily yeah, what was annoying you though no it was like it was people, I guess, a lack of respect, a yeah. lack of value. Yeah. Um, you giving you your, your everything. Just give, give me one anecdote that you remember that somebody just, you just felt really disrespected in the workplace. One anecdote. So there's an anecdote. I mean, I recently shared this online, actually, where um, there was uh, people uh, who, there, there was a guy, the, the, the old, he was a kind of older guy and stuff. He, um, me and him had a bit of banter. You know, we all had banter and stuff. He was, and he was very eccentric and stuff. And so he would always call me the Sultan. Ah, oh, oh, Sultan, oh, we are not worthy. And oh, okay. he would do all that stuff, right? And obviously, you, you, I, obviously I, never, I don't really take this stuff like, seriously and stuff. So I would always like, you know, play along. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, I says that, you know, I would always say, okay, I'm going to cut off your head. Or, I'm, okay, I'm going to give you a... Oh, like, I see. He was or, being a bit Arabic fundamentalist. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was all, okay, it was all okay. that Orientalist type okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah, so okay. he'd be like, so I, oh, I'd, oh, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to, I'll give you a thousand, you know, I'll give you a, a thousand pieces of gold for your service. And oh, it was all that. But what was interesting was every single time he would go, he would walk past or I would see him. Even if I needed work, no, it's not rubbing it in. I, I didn't see, I didn't see it as annoying. It was, I saw it as just friendly banter. That's how I took it. And um, and and but what was interesting, he was very creative with it. So every single time it would be something different. So it'd be oh, um, oh, how how many how many um, like oh, you got harem of women and or you I'm giving you a thousand golden elephants and it was all that all that basically all that stuff right anyway so uh, and so sometimes like first time it's a bit it's funny the 50th time it gets a little bit okay whatever yeah. but yeah, and there's yeah, not getting away it. from it yeah they're getting away from it and so but it's just what it is what it is I, again he's an older guy or whatever but then what happened was once uh, and then even my, 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 my friend who was, was he would he would he would like call him in to it as well so oh yeah he's the, like, my, the, my vizier and stuff okay. right so all that stuff but we um what happened was that once we, we had uh, screens on in our in our office uh, that had the news playing. So one day um, I, I came in and uh, he was basically not, he didn't give me that routine at all. And he was just very cold. And he goes, so what do you think of that then? And I was like, oh, what is it? And then I saw saw the, the news and it was that 
remember that Lee Rigby, that Lee oh, Rigby right. incident, okay, right? Okay. Where there was someone who, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, he kind of pinned it on you. He pinned. Uh, he said, "What do you think? I was, nothing." I was like, "What do you mean?" And but straight away, I felt like I felt a little bit under pressure and stuff, right? And 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 then he just muttered under something his breath, and uh, and then he, just, he never mentioned it and stuff. But in that instant, I realized that look, this me taking this as friendly banter. It's yeah. not. There's, 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 something, there's something underlying there. Yeah, yeah. And there's so, an undertone. So, so I kind of stopped. I kind of stopped playing with the routine and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and and so, I mean that's just like one. I mean, like, and, then, and then remember, I remember um, I came back from Umrah, and obviously you shave your head and stuff. And then he tried to restart the band, and I was like, no, I'm not. No, like, I tell you what happened with me is I, I had an IT job in Doncaster, right? And um, what happened was uh, when I joined, they didn't. They were t- they were recruiting for a manager at the time when I joined, and um, they t- it took them a while. To, they were they were building up the IT department and stuff. So I was one of their first hi- one of the first few hires and stuff like that. They're building the department. And they're like, we actually don't have a manager yet. We're going to recruit him and we're going to bring him in. And I was um, by the time they actually interviewed him, and by the time he was set to start. I just happened to be on holiday at that time. So I had my two weeks annual leave and I was in Dubai. When I came back, he'd, he'd just started about a week before. And uh, when he came back, turned, the guy was Muslim. And um, I, it, it was just a strange relationship. Mm-hmm. And the, the, thing that really, the thing that really bothered me was that he, he had made that, that organization his everything. Yeah, yeah. So every, that organization and his success there as a manager was above everything, right? Um, and and he was treating me like he, he just he wasn't treating me very nice, um, and he was kind of pressuring down on me and stuff. And I was nervous around him constantly. Yeah, I was yeah. very very nervous around him. And and that's not to say that I I was only I was twenty three. I'm I have no doubt that my own immaturity played into it as well. I probably did something immature, um, a few immature things, right? But I never felt safe anyway, right? So you know, as as the, the thing is that if you, the, as, as a youngster you do something that's immature, the elder is for them to kind of just uh, neutralize that. It's just to kind of let that kind of dissipate, and they just slowly guide you in the right direction. He didn't do any of that. He could have managed that a lot better, and he didn't. And uh, the whole situation was, and there was guys, there was a guy that was working next to me. I was working flat out every single day. The guy next to me was just coasting, and he was earning more yeah, than I was. Yeah, yeah. Because he was in with the other, the supervisor, and he was just coasting. And I'm working, and I'm being told you need to work harder and harder. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm working as hard as I can. I'm burning myself out here. What impact is this actually having? Yeah, none. Exactly. exactly. The, 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 there's nothing that I can take. The, 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 you know, I'm not gonna get. Forget even if, I, even if I was gonna get paid more, I'm not gonna get paid more. To so me, working harder, what is it actually achieving? Yeah. Nothing. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think look, this. No, I'm not gonna get treated any better by working harder. And the customers, the, the 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 staff, you know, would get IT support calls. They would scream at you. Yeah. And then I I I've got no support around me. I don't know what to say to this person. I'm saying whatever I can to calm them down. And then my manager's pulling me up and saying, "You're telling fibs on the phone." I'm not telling fibs. I'm trying to say something that can calm this guy. This guy's screaming at me. You're not defending me. You're not helping. You're, you haven't created an environment in which I which I shouldn't be getting attacked like this. You're not doing anything to support me. And you're saying to me, "Well, you're you're being um." Well, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it's just idiotic. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the the frustration with the working world, right? What it is is that um, no, we go into work um, thinking, 
okay, yeah, we're doing this for, uh, I, I studied this, therefore I should do this. And yeah. that's it. It's not actually, we don't actually get to know ourselves. This yeah. is the issue, right? We don't get to know ourselves. Everybody's school, an school, autopilot. Yeah, exactly. And this, the problem is it is that we have a, a, a finite um, supply of energy, hmm. right? When you're young you're, and your, your energy is kind of strong, you can go against the grain for quite a long time. Mm. But when you you can only do even that. your own grain, you yeah, can go against your own fitra. You can force fitra, That's the whole point. That every when you're in fitra, you're kind of in flow. Yeah. But very very few people get to know what their fitra is because we never really look into it. We don't really get to know ourselves until it's too late, right? So what happens is that so you go you go against yourself. You and and you can do it when you're younger because you've got more energy and stuff. It starts um, eroding away at you, eroding away, at you, eroding away at you to the point where in your thirties you start feeling a little bit. There must be more out there. That's why so many people in their 30s, they start, I don't know, joining, doing voluntary work or start mm. doing marathons or yeah. start doing something because... They do are, something big with their lives. They, because oh, I've got to do something more than just be yeah. a cog in the machine, right? Yeah, and, sense and, of purpose. And, and that's why people feel in their 40s, they have a midlife crisis. They yeah. have the exact, oh, why, 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 what was this all for? What's the point? Yeah. Because yeah. so, even even if you get the house yeah. and you get the car, exactly. it doesn't satisfy 100%. you. 100%. That's it. It's just, oh, the, next, the, next, then the next milestone, the next milestone, yeah. the next milestone. The thing is, you can have the holidays, you can go to the Philippines and to Bali and all that, but you're going to do all of that on autopilot as well because yeah. you're, you're so conditioned to yourself. Yes. You actually can't enjoy those holidays. As much, you, know, you can put the picture on Instagram and, get, and convince everybody else I've, I've had a great time, but you yeah. haven't really. Because yeah, yeah. you're stressing about going back into work. You probably financed that holiday on credit card or whatever. And I'm not having to go at people for going on holidays. And I'm not trying to be all defeatist about it. I'm just saying that if you've been living that life th that way, then all your experiences are going to be that way. The holidays are going to be that way. The marriage is going to be that yeah. way. The wedding is going to be that way. How you do anything is how you do everything, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We used to talk about that a lot, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, what happened? So, this is what happened. This was the, the, the moment I knew that I just... Um, it was just, you know... Uh, I went, this was like, um, I was about to turn 30. So yeah. the, the, minute, the, the, the month or two before you turn 30, you start... Panic. You know, panic starts ensuing because you start, in, you get in reflective mode. Okay, the whole decade is a milestone, isn't it? My, oh, my, oh, my 20s have gone. Uh, what have I actually done with myself? Mm, what mm. have I achieved? And obviously when, you th when you're younger, you think, oh yeah, when I'm 30, I'm going to have be married, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. I'm like, okay. So I was like, okay, my life doesn't really look like that. Mm. It's... Um, so yeah, I was, I was looking at it. I was thinking, hang on, what are the two things that I'm known for? Well, I'm known for, oh, I'm a lawyer, but oh, that was a decision my dad made. Oh, I'm, I'm a buyer in my day-to-day -day job. Oh, that was a decision the guy at Boots made. What decision I, did I make? I'm not, I've not been in control of any of these decisions. And this is how my identity is. And that's why I felt misaligned. I just felt misaligned. This is not really me, right? And so I said, look, I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know who I am. I don't, I don't know anything. Mm. All I know is that I don't want this. That's the only certainty. What was that moment like for you? Was it was it like a really testing moment or was it a freeing moment? Well, no, what it was, it was interesting when it happened because I actually remember where I was. I was I went on holiday with my brother to Portugal, right? Oh yeah, right. I like Portugal. Yeah, we went to Portugal, and so the first he was he was doing uh, some business venture and stuff. So the first two three days, uh, and our whole point of us going away was, oh, he could work on his thing, and I need to figure, I need to go away and think and stuff. I went well, I went along with him. So the first two three days, I kind of helped him out, but I had a bit of a blockage. I was like. I don't know really. I don't know what I'm trying to do. My what's going on? And I was just unhappy. I was miserable, right? I call it um, Black February because because the whole Fe the whole the whole month I was just. So even you're on holiday, you were miserable, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, what happened was that um, I think that on the third day of the holiday, I said to my brother, "Look, you stay. I, I just want to go. I need to go for a walk. I need to get out of here." So I went for a walk. I literally walked for miles and miles and miles until I got to this waterfall. Mm -hmm. What is this waterfall? 
And honestly, I just stayed and stayed at it. I just stayed there for probably hours. And it got it getting dark and stuff, right? And I stayed there. So, and you know, you have just that moment of clarity. I was like, okay, you know what? I, just, I don't know why. I just, uh, um, I just said, okay, you know I, I know what I need to do. Uh, so, Which so, is what? No, so I'll tell you what. So then what happened is that I, I, I walked back and I thought I was just liberated and stuff, right? So I walked back. And the so next thing I know is that I had a notebook that I had brought with me and it just flowed. It literally, for the next day or two, ideas and things. Again, first, get to know yourself. What are my skills? What are my passions? This, and I literally just started filling in, filling in, filling in. And I was like, well, actually, there's so much stuff I can do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to do this, right? Mm. So I, so my, my decision was made. Monday, I'm going to go in. I'm going to be noticing. Really? Right, that's it. I, I was like, look, trust in Allah. Like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do, but there's plenty of things out there. And so because I think so up until this point, I, I think I was struck with the, the whole construct or, well, if you, if you don't know uh, what you're going to do, don't quit your job without knowing what you're going to do and have a plan. And I've always been a planning guy. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, that, yeah. right? Um, so but it was the first time I kind of went, I went against social norms. I didn't even tell my parents, they're not going to... Basically, anyone who's going to say no to the decision, I kind of like, no, don't, no one needs to know. Uh, ask for permission, don't, no, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Yeah, One yeah. of them ones, yeah. right? So anyway... But the thing is, this your decision, it's only a fact to you, realistically. My point is that the whole, my whole 20s, all I've been doing is listening to other people. Yeah, right? which is why everybody's doing their 20s. Everyone does, right? So we don't listen to ourselves and our gut and within, and, and this is the thing that we need to get better at. Like this is you know we live in this day day. I think logic. we're the worst for it, and you know, it, without sounding really cynical and really kind of on the nose, as Muslims, we're actually the worst for it because it's if you look at the Middle East, I have a lot of kids from the Middle East that not now, but especially in the last five or six years, it's calmed down a lot now. I would have a lot of kids from the Middle East. When I say kids, they are twenty somethings, right? And the the guilt that they have where their parent, especially the mother, where the mother is concerned, right? Um, it's, I mean, the guilt is there even if you're from Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, any Muslim country that you're from, the guilt is there because your parents, your parents, your parents, yeah, your mother, yeah. your mother, your mother, right? Exactly, yeah. But the guilt, the guilt with the children in the Middle East is at a, com- it's, it's at <laughs> yeah. a completely yeah, octane yeah. levels, right? And the issue with that is, right, the parents are saying, get the degree, get the job, the 2.4 children, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Sure. And the kid's going, yeah, but... I want to create the next apple, or I want to, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, right? And it, it, all it takes is for me to say, it's, it, it's not you're not you're not committing a sin by making your own decision. Yeah. To say I want to go into entrepreneurship, you can be respectful to your mother. Absolutely, yeah. And you can say, mother, I want to make you happy, and I'll still take care of you, and I thank you for everything that you've done for me. But I am in, I am perfectly within my right to make this decision, and I want to do this, this, and this. You do not have to be at her beck and call for everything. You should still be respectful of her. Yeah. You should still uh, uh, wish the best for her and everything. But you can go and do something else. You don't have to go and do that degree that your dad wants you to do. And for them, it's a complete like, oh my God, I didn't even know I could do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this switch goes off in the heads. And he, they still struggle with it. No, but it just... But, but that's the thing. You know how they say, um, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You've heard that saying, right? No. It's that... Yeah, so it's, it's uh, Peter Drucker. So it's, a, it's a business thing. He, 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 well, I love Peter Drucker, but I've never heard that. Yeah, so what he says is that you know, like you can have the most um, best strategy in the world. Oh, right, the culture yeah. destroys it. Yeah, yeah the culture yeah, yeah, destroys yeah. it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is culture? Culture is what we're born up in. What we—that's what we know. Habits. That's, that's what. Yeah, that's what shapes our decision making. 
Ultimately, yeah. it's just, it's just yeah. the group think of it all basically. Exactly, that's and we we are really really burdened by group think. Hundred percent. As Muslims, we are really we're, we're as Muslims and it. as Asians and, yeah. and all these things. Indo- so, Indo- they, they, yeah, Indian in, subcontinent, all of it. Yeah. So that indoctrination. We're we're, we're down that more than than uh, somebody who is in the West that's not practicing, that's not religious. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Actually, because because they have that individual that in the doctrine of individualism. Where, oh, yeah. yeah, you can do what you want. You you can do this and do that, and like they don't care about what other. Yeah, but actually, that actually, ironically and counterintuitively, empowers them more than us because we're we're handicapped by the culture. Yeah, the, the, here's the difference though. Now, what you need is actually a bit of both. Yeah, that's the reality. Like, that's the realization you come to when you get to this age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, because no, no, what it is is that um, what you need, we, you need that that service mentality that we, that 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 is ingrained in, within us. Yeah, that I need to serve and you. Um, but you need to be able to fly on your own terms. On, on your terms. You've got to do it on your own terms. Yeah, and that, what we do is that we outsource our thinking. That's yeah. the we outsource. And the outsourcing goes to the brother, to the sister, yeah. to the father, yeah, yeah, to yeah. the mother, to the uncle, to the granddad, yeah, exactly. to the grandma. And actually, it's the oh. most dangerous thing. Like, oh, what do you know? You're a kid. Yeah. What let, do you know? let, I'll a kid. tell you a story. Let me. I'll tell you a really quick story, right? Because this this speaks to exactly what you're saying right now. I went to this. Uh, I went to this conference. Right, it was some award ceremony. The whole thing was a sham, but that's for another day. And uh, I get there and I'm at the dinner table, right? It's an evening award ceremony, like on a Thursday, a Wednesday or a Thursday evening or whatever. I'm sat there and this kid sat next to me. He, at, he was at best 16 years old, at best. I can't remember how old he was, 13, 14 or 15. And uh, very, very well behaved youngster, um, but very sure of himself, very self-assured, very confident, but not, not cocky. Not, um, uh, it, it wasn't rebellious about it, it wasn't brazen, right? It's very, very, very measured child. And his mum, I'm sat next to him, he sat next to me here, and his mum sat next to me, just to, just right next to him. Just having a normal kind of banter with him and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he's telling me a little bit about himself. And, and minute by minute, I'm getting more and more, more and more impressed with this kid. This kid is barely 16 years old. He knows the complete innards of, of, of an engine in a car, mm. of how an engine in the car works. And he knows what he, know, he knows about the Jaguars and the, the Lotuses and the, and like how what the ride height of this car is and what the uh, what torque is of this car. Like everything there is to know. Like I feel like I'm talking to a 35 year old F1 racing driver or, or a 30 year old mechanic. Yeah, amazing. Right. Like I was so impressed. And 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 every, everything he's telling me is not. It's not an academic rote memorization that he's done of these things. He knows these things because he's passionate about it. Yeah. And he's really into it. Anyway, so he's telling me these things. I'm just getting more and more wired by this kid. On the um, the uh, the award ceremony obviously is going on. And obviously we're having these conversations in between every time there's a moment. The guy that uh, comes on right at the end who gets the chance to speak. The guy, This guy who works in the Jaguar plant in commentary right at the time. The, the main guy that's speaking is uh, uh, probably a middle-aged gentleman, whatever. And uh, this kid goes, kid, I, I, I noticed a little spark in this kid's eye and I'm starting, to re- I'm starting to pick up on something. And I'm starting to think this kid wants to work for Jaguar, right? So I goes, uh, I, I goes you, you like Jaguar, don't you? He goes, yeah, yeah, I really want to work there. I want to, I want to work part of the, I think, I can't remember if they were in F1 at the time or Le Mans or something, but he wants to work on yeah, that yeah. thing, right? He knows what he wants to do. He's very clear about yeah, what he yeah. wants to do. So I goes, uh, I goes, and they they were they'd been talking about apprenticeships and stuff, right? Because why don't you go and talk to him? And why don't you talk to him about getting an apprenticeship? No, 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 I can't do that. No, 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 no. So why not? No, no, I can't do that. Anyway, the event finishes. I go up to. I goes, okay, come here, come with me. 
So I walked the kid up. I, no, first I went up to the guy. I can't remember if I went up to the guy beforehand or I took him with me, but I, I can't remember which, which way around it was. But anyway, I went up to the guy. Are you, are you, are you do, do you do apprenticeships? Yeah. I, I goes, who's responsible? He goes, actually me. I'm, I'm, mm. He goes, I'm kind of in charge of the whole thing or whatever and all this. I goes, right, just wait there. I'm going to bring a kid back to you. I, I went and got the, grabbed the kid, right? Uh, took him back. I said, look, he wants to work for Jaguar. He knows, I goes, this kid's really impressive. He knows everything there is to know about a car and everything. The guy speaks to him for about 11 seconds and he's like, okay, this, we, we got to get this kid. Like it, that, that's how fast it was, right? So I've, I've as good as secured this kid in an apprenticeship in about 11 seconds without a CV, without what, what your grades are, nothing. This kid's as good as got himself an apprenticeship. You should have seen this kid. This kid was like bright, bright red with excitement. He was like, oh my God, my life's about to change. Like his Lewis Hamilton moment, like going up to the McLaren guy, right? All this is happening. Go back to the dinner table. We sit down at the dinner table. And uh, he's telling his mom, 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 the Jaguar guy he said, he's, I'm, I'm gonna, he's gonna give me an apprenticeship. Uh, he's speaking 3,000 miles an hour, right? The mom's like, ah, oh, I started out, so, yeah, I'm gonna get an apprenticeship. This, this brother, Horam, he took me up to the guy. Uh, he's doing all of this, right? I'm gonna, you know, they, they, they're, gonna give, they're probably gonna give me an apprenticeship. I'm gonna, oh, this, this kid's 1,000 miles an hour. And this kid is so enamored by me at this moment in time, right? The mom goes, no, he needs to speak to his granddad. Whatever his granddad says. And the kid just went, <laughs> Straight down. Completely deflated. I, yeah. Completely took the, just took the air out of it. So I'm very strategically now trying to say to the mother, like, you know, look, this is an amazing opportunity. His granddad sat all the way in Pakistan. His granddad, does, very respectfully, his granddad does, doesn't have a clue. Yeah. Why are you trying to ruin this kid's life? His granddad does, doesn't have a clue about what's going on in this kid's life. Granddad has got no clue. Uh, no, he's going to speak to his granddad. His granddad is going to decide for him. And the kid just went down and down and down and down. And I was just like... I, I was actually, I was actually really annoyed. I was yeah, really no, frustrated. I, 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 don't blame you. I, I was blame vexed, you. and because of that, and now like a lot of elders so, say to me, "You're really disrespectful." I think to myself, you know what? I am disrespectful because you are disrespectful of the youth. You yeah, 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 are yeah. completely uh, disempowering the youth, and it's a, what you're doing is oppression. It's a crime you're committing. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm disrespectful because I'm angry at you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I never. I never stayed in touch with the kid. I don't know where what happened to that kid. It's sad. I, I, you know, chances are he's probably. Uh, I, I, I actually, that that was someone who's got world class potential. Literally, every yeah. every child has world class potential. Yeah. This, this is the problem. My beef, actually, not necessarily with the elders. Uh, it's it's actually for me. It's the education system. I yeah. really, really, mm. really feel that. Like I said, you know um, how education is supposed to be yeah. versus how it is. The education system. I want to talk about the education system as okay. well. Because, have, have you read Dumbing Us Down? Yes. You read it. Did you read uh, Weapons of Mass Instruction? Yeah. Okay. I didn't read Weapons of Mass Instruction. My key takeaway, did you watch the, did you watch, because you know there was a five hour John Taylor Gatto video. Yeah, you? I haven't seen that. Okay. And did you watch, did you read the article which was um, against schools? Did you ever read that article? Is that Ivan Illich? Or no, no, it's him. John Taylor Gatto. Oh, no, I'm, I've read so much on it. I, I'm, I'm, okay. I can't remember. Yeah. Education system for me, uh, is, as what De Taylor Gatto says, right? It basically breaks you away from your fritra, makes you obedient, makes you subservient, turns you into a robot, and you just, you just become, uh, you just become a zombie. And this exact fear that I have for my son now, my son's gonna go, my son's two, coming on to three, as soon as he's gonna go into school, there's no solution out there for him, because you, unfortunately, the economy that we live in, you need two full work, you know, yeah, full-time yeah. working parents, Right, so you have to give him up something, and the, my biggest fear is having to giving giving him up to the state where they're just filling his head with rubbish, and they're just destroying him from the inside. 
Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, at 30, you wouldn't have had that crisis. If, if, if it wasn't for the education system, that crisis wouldn't have so occurred. So what's interesting is that if you look at um, how things were done, it's, it's, whether, look, even looking at 100 years ago, or more than 100 years ago, like uh, the caliber of people, how people were sp- spoken, etc. But forget all that. Let's look at Islamically, right? From an Islamic perspective, how education was always done is that you sit at the feet of the scholar or of the, of the teacher and... You and he obviously teaches you um, on a even 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 a class, and what happens is it's the teacher's job to look at what this person's fitra is, yeah, and and then to nurture that one thing, and then to suggest okay, my because the teacher's a polymath himself, mm. he can speak to many different subjects. Mm. Do you understand? And so he would okay, and it's like a plant. You know how mm. you look at a tree, you water it. Uh, no, you water the tree, you nurture the tree, you cultivate the tree. And then a tree is capable of different things. It's capable of healing, mm. or it can be, or it could be a tree that you use for its bark, or it could be a tree that um, you can take that gives mm. people fruit. Mm. Like, trees have different, mm. or it gives that gives shade. Mm. What, so what what the, what the teacher looks at is okay. What type of tree is this child? Yeah, and they, and then sends them on the on that on that course. It's a little bit like, like how Montessori they they let the kids yeah, just yeah. play. And then they say, oh, what, are they going toward the building blocks? Oh, they've got the building aspect. Yeah. Or are they going toward yeah. art? And they yeah. you know, that's uh, the thing. Because Allah has created everyone with gifts. Mm. This, is a, this is a key thing. that mm. what, what the school system is, is like a production line. Mm. One size fits all. You are all becoming cogs at mm. the end of it. You're all cogs. Mm. You, came, you, you came in completely unique. Mm. You come out with the complete... Um, that's the first thing. Right. Second thing is that... What the school um, system doesn't do is that it does not appreciate everyone's um, uniqueness, right? So, and first of all, like, everyone is intelligent. Mm. That's not what the school system teaches you. The school system is like, oh, no, there's some, there's some really, really, really A-star students, and then there's some who are... Like, don't and the thing s- is, you you end up you end up telling yourself you end up believing that I, you I, believe I, you end up I, believing I, the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and because but why? What the school system needs their ultimate agenda or is they don't want f- free people who are on their purpose and they don't want that. They want people who are going to conform to the ultimate agenda, which is serve. You know, you know, um, you know, my dad, right? Um, even to this day, he really, really struggles to write an email, yeah. right? And every time when I sat down with him, because he just needs to write an email to something, and I, you see this in a, a lot of that generation, you constantly see it with them, writing an email, right? They can't, they can't write an email, they can't write a letter, they really struggle with it. And I, th- I had this realization about the, the late 20s, I started having this, late 20s, early 30s, I started having this realization with my dad that had nothing to do with, because he'd be like, oh, I don't have to write this email, I don't have to send this email. And I thought it was all about, I thought, oh, he just doesn't have to use a computer, or it doesn't have to use the email software or whatever. And I realized it's got nothing to do with that. It's about his fear of expressing himself in the email, right? And and it's not that my father can't express himself. What I realized was whatever schooling he's had, they've convinced him you're not somebody who knows how to express yourself. And it's this it's it's stable. That negative into, belief has yeah. only only uh, reinforced him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So his his not being able to write an email has got nothing to do with computer skills. Absolutely nothing to do with technical skills and everything to do with what he what he believes about himself. About himself exactly. Mindset. What, yeah. Exactly. This is where mindset and what he's on. been taught about himself. 100%. Uh, and and that really just really yeah. just really pissed what, me off. What, what, one of the most powerful um, things that I learned was that there's this um, 
paper that was put together in the 80s um, by a, a social scientist. And he, he called it the, mul- the multiple uh, intelligence theory, mm. right? So he said that, look, um, there's, um, you know, when we're at school, you, ha- you have the kids who are really good at um, sciences, and they tend to go down the STEM route, technology or, or doctor or medical or whatever. And then you have the kids who are good at languages or humanities. So English and history and all that stuff. And then they become lawyers or, you know, that kind of stuff. And then everyone else is kind of, um, you know, you have some kids who are good at sports or whatever, but yeah. they don't, they're not, they're not seen as academic, hmm. right? Um, but what this, this um, guy says is that, look, there's actually seven different uh, types of intelligence, right? Uh, you have linguistics, mm. and you have um, you, you have linguistics. You have um, logic. Mm. So long, these are the two that the school system pushes. Yeah. Right. So you're only taught in. So if your natural intelligence is linguistics or logic, you're going to be an A, a player at school. Yeah. You're going to yeah. you're going to smash but it. Doesn't mean, because doesn't mean you're thick. It, no, no. So, but if you're not, uh, so I'll give you an example. So a lot of business people they drop out of school and they, mm. that they for them to go and achieve what they do. They have to have had intelligence, yeah. but the school we, doesn't rate that intelligence. No, at all. no. But the point, the point is that, for example, one type of intelligence is um, um, social intelligence, meaning yeah. that you know emotional intelligence with people, yeah. right? People skills. That's a, a big type of intelligence. You, people can become diplomats, etc. But the thing is, that is never measured in school. Never measured. Never exactly. measured in the workplace. I and I, I'm not saying this to be self-aggrandizing or blowing my own trumpet. Thing. I have that in droves, and so do you. Yeah. You have it in in a huge amount of droves. None, that would never get seen in, in the school. Yeah. It will never get picked up on. In, and the thing is, that probably accounts for success more than so many other things. What was Rasul Incredibly emotionally intelligent yeah, exactly. human being. Exactly. He was the most emotionally intelligent 100%. human being. And what you're saying is, uh, we don't measure that. It's not even important. Yeah. Yeah. That has been shown to us to be the most important. Like yeah. His character is all mercy, yeah, yeah. all rahmah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll give you another example. Like, so, um, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. When you look at Muhammad Ali, you'd think he is someone who he's very well spoken, yeah. very eloquent, yeah. right? He's talking poetry, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Is he intelligent? Yes or no? Well, I say he's intelligent, yeah. Yeah. But, I think, but according to the school system, he was no, not. So so this is interesting. So he uh, they did an IQ test yeah. for him. Uh, he scored something like 78 on an so IQ really test. Low. So that is like, they say that that is just. Uh, just above like imbecile or moron. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Then, then he went to the army and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, and, and they made him do one and stuff. And he, um, he scored like again 78, 80, yeah, yeah. Like 81. Yeah. And they said, no, no, you need to come and redo it because they thought he's cheating, trying to get out of the draft. Okay. Right. So they, so did it viewing him and stuff, and then he got scored the same. And so that, the point of it is, is that yeah, but all IQ measures is one certain type, one of, type intelligence. of intelligence. That's the point. Yeah. And so, for example, but. Sports people, um, they can do things with their body that you and I you could dream of. Even dream of. Yeah, but Muhammad, going back to Muhammad Ali, right? Why, why was he so good in the ring? Because he was so strategic. He was so exactly, clever. He was so intelligent in the this, ring. The, the, the thing, the why he was beating everybody. Yeah. It's not, he didn't have the most powerful punch. Yeah. He was the bravest. I would say he was the yeah, bravest. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was very, very brave. But he was so much smarter than everybody else. Yeah. He was smart in terms of his PR. Mm. He was smart in terms of he was smart. He was so intelligent yeah. in the ring. And but what's what's interesting is that um, we talked about purpose earlier, because he was so driven by purpose. What purpose actually gives you yeah. is this. Um, it just unlocks un- you. Unlocks you. Unlocks yeah. your full potential. Yeah. It gives you this resilience that you know what. Okay. If you was up, if it was down to yourself, you'd just give up. Yeah. 
no, I can't. I've got these yeah. people. Uh, yeah, I'm he had something to anchor to I'm them doing, too. Yeah, I'm f- doing this for my people, uh, yeah. for freedom for yeah. my people. That's what drove him. And uh, it drives you to to things that you could never dream of. Even, you know, look, one type of intelligence, music intelligence, yeah. right? And so again, me and you might not have zero um, ability to play an instrument or whatever. We can learn it, but it'll never be a natural intelligence. Mm. But musician, uh, they go like, you know, like for example, Dr. Dre, I, I read that he can listen to... Um, Three seconds of, and he, if it's one microsecond out of tune, he'll pick it up. He like his his ear is that. Well, what about Quincy Jones? Well, exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking about some of the musicians and what they're capable of, what they can do. Yeah. So my, the point of it is, is that you know we talk about, we think, oh, Einstein, he's the you yeah. know epitome of intelligence. But look at Elon Musk now yeah. he's, he's so intelligent He's running SpaceX and all this. Look at how much of a mess He's made of Twitter And you know I this, this thing, particular yeah. kind of intelligence mm, Yeah exactly But th- this is the point Is that everything uh, the, one, of this, one of the most profound quotes I came across Was um, a guy called Ziyadun Sardar I don't know if you heard He's like a Muslim thinker He's based in the, in the UK and, um, and he said that The power of the West Is not in their wars And this and that the ultimate power they have is the power to define. They define yeah. what freedom is. They mm. define what intelligence is. They yeah. define this. They define. But and we and, believe and it. We are we so believe it. indoctrinated that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that must be it. Yeah. And so we spend our whole lives trying to conform to their yeah, media. Media. Exactly. This is this is, this this is, is power what of media. I'm saying. This is the power of media. You know. You know. Um, it's what they shape what's normal. What you're saying there. Yeah. What you're saying there is very, very, um, a very useful thing that you just said. Because I'll tell you why. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing that I like about you is that you have the vocabulary to be able to explain something that I always struggle with, right? You, you're able to kind of bring that, that core point out. I always struggle with that. But there's a really, there's a really profound point that you've just made. Because I, I've, I've been putting these videos out lately, right, on yeah. TikTok and Instagram. And I keep talking about this changing world order, that, world mm. order that's coming, right? Yeah. We're going into a multipolar world. The dollar's about to, to, yeah. to get, uh, it's about to fall apart. Mm. It's going to evaporate. We're going into this multipolar world, right? Brazil and Russia and China and all this and BRICS. And this, we're going to, you know, this, this, the, our world is going to change. We're right in the middle of that right now, right? But these videos that I've been putting out, when you put this stuff out, you get this, you get this visceral reaction from people, Yeah. right? Uh, China's never going to be able to lead. China doesn't have what it takes. We are, America is, is, is always going to survive. America's always going to win and all this kind of stuff. If you look at things objectively, you look at things factually, China, like all the metrics that define the power of an economy, right? Mm. China's like number one in all of them. Exports, uh, manufacturing index, blah, 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 all this. And then how much reserves that they've got, how much gold they've got. Right. So if you just did a a purely scientific uh, study of China, right, China's way ahead of the US. And it's very obvious they're going to be they're going to be even more way ahead of the US. Yeah. In the next five to ten years, but then you combine China with uh, Russia, the power of Russia, yeah, yeah. and then the power of South Africa, and then the power of India, because India's India's the yeah. large right. You cannot touch that. It's, you, that. you cannot. You can any objective um, view of it would would. Yeah, you can't that, come yeah. close. But going back to going back to the point that you are making, because. The West has been able to define, we are the superpower, we are the leaders of the free world. Nobody is able to digest what I'm saying, because, forget the objectivity of it all, it's because it's been defined by the West. Indoctrination is too strong, it's too strong. Yeah, they can't can't handle it. There's a really good book, right, called Disciplined Minds. What he talks about is, um, this guy was a lecturer. As soon as he published the book, he lost his job immediately, right? Because right. he exposed like, a lot of different things. But anyway, what, what he talks about is, he goes that the 
average man who works in a garage, a mechanic, is more uh, capable of critical thought than the best doctors and lawyers. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. Yeah, because he said that if you ask him their opinion on <laughs> things, they will give you their own opinion on things. Okay, it might be, but what a, a doctor and a lawyer, they have been rewarded for compliance. Yeah. Yeah. They, their compliance with the system has rewarded them. Every, so they, are, they link their um, thoughts because it's rewarded them to think like the system wants them yeah. to think. So they will continue to think that. You know, you know, you know why I get such a bad. You know, uh, people have been have constantly accused me of being. A, you know, I write these all these Facebook posts about the the economy is about to collapse and all this kind of stuff, and we're about to see a financial apocalypse and mm. left, right, and center. You know why I've had so much, so many visceral reactions to that is because it triggers this fear inside of people. I don't know how to live without the system because yeah. we are we are so Stockholm syndrome by this system yeah. that what I end up doing, <laughs> I, okay, whether I was doing it inadvertently or intentionally or unintentionally is, is another matter. But it, what it does to people, it goes, it makes they fear. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to survive with this parent that this this system yeah, yeah. that is my parent. I can't survive without this. Yeah, and that, and that was the objective all along. That was the and that's why the family unit's being broken down yeah. because yeah. Um, the family unit is your support network, so you don't yeah. necessarily need yeah. a. But, but those no. those kind of people that you're talking about, the critical thi- the true t- critical thinkers, they can survive in they can survive in a crash. Yeah, they can thrive in a crash. Yeah, absolutely. They can they can they you know I'm not going to say it's not going to be difficult. Yeah, lack of resources, or whatever. But the 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 earth is plentiful. There's trees everywhere. There's air air's not going to disappear tomorrow. Yeah. Oxygen's not going to disappear tomorrow. The trees aren't going to disappear tomorrow. Cattle's not going to disappear tomorrow. It's the it's the mental, the the kind of the, the fear that the mind is creating. I can't survive without the dollar. I can't survive without the bank. Yeah, and it's not that fear is not even real. But you know, but this is this is the thing. This is why I talk so much about purpose because what purpose links to is your role that Allah defined for you in the Quran. Yeah. Your role is Khalifa. Yeah. What does the Khalifa mean? Khalifa is the person that who has a divine duty to put. In, put in place Allah's laws and yeah. in, the Allah, in yeah. Allah's system on the land, right? And there's a different, so like just like all the angels have got different roles. Mm. Um, you know, so like you know, I actually, if you actually, you know, the definition um, or the translation for Khalifa is vicegerent. Yeah. yeah. What does vicegerent mean? Mm. Have you looked? Have you looked into it? I like a. It's like a. You're you're responsible. You're, you're, yeah. It's your duty. Yeah, but in terms of where that the etymology or where that word comes from is. Um, it's regal in nature. It's actually a, a, so. It's like a king. You know how has given an official oh, okay. title. Oh, right. So like you're the Duke of Edinburgh, or and this is everybody. Everybody's everyone. A everyone is a vice yeah. So so Allah has given you a direct duty, right? And He has equipped you with the skills to be able to you to to perform your divine duty. Do you understand? Right. Right. And so and this is the point. But just like we have our and so what what was interesting about this whole purpose thing was. The um, the whole purpose story in the Quran is the whole story of Adam. Yeah. And um, how, uh, uh, I've created no, no. So, so when Allah tells the angels, I've created, um, I've created um, uh, Adam, and and to, you know, I'm bowed down to him. And they say, oh, why have you created someone that's gonna cause uh, mischief and bloodshed? I I know what you don't know. And then they say, then they said, um, oh, uh, well, in that case, you tell me the name of these things and stuff. And then they couldn't. And then they, and then, and then Adam told them, and then, and then that they, they they bowed down. Basically, what that story tells you is that it was Adam's intelligence or his. That's what Allah um, 
I like that. That's what um, uh, made him different from the angels, mm. basically, mm. right? So his intelligence, his potential, is what um, makes Allah happy. That's that, that's what Allah loves, right? Because this is what the, I, I spoke to a scholar about this, right? Mm. And he said, um, so I was talking about this whole purpose thing, man. Like, what 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 is it really? And so he goes, look, there's what Allah expects versus what He loves. Mm. What He expects. My I've created manager to worship me. To mm. worship. So that's the word. That's what everyone's everyone's basic thing is to worship him. Yeah. What he loves and what he is when man has become Khalifa, he is his highest potential. Mm. Full self actualization. Very inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And how do you do it? But you do it by being fully balanced. Yeah. You know, even all the, everything is a perfect work of architecture. I think Muhammad Assad said that. Like Islam is a full perfect, fully balanced, fully mm. measured. Mm. Islam is the middle path. Mm. It's where created you a centered nation. Mm. So it's for you to be um, truly, uh, and that's why. Look, Ante, uh, when you study a lot of uh, the different golden age scholars, when you study like famous um, people, even like the you know the in uh, Malcolm X and Rumi and you know these kind, of, all of them have maxim of oh yeah you know you need to know yourself, yeah. Yeah. know yourself yeah. to know your Lord, right? But how do you know yourself? Like okay, the way that I the way that I've learned to know myself is i don't know i would say that because i've been in entrepreneurship because i've had a chance to think yeah right because everything stops with me the book stops with me this is what i wrote in my book as well anyway that you because i have to be reliant on myself i then have to nurture my ability to think yeah and because i have to nurture my ability to think and i'm because i'm responsible for my own decisions in a way that i've never been that teaches me because I can make a decision about something, make a mistake. I realize I'm the idiot here. Yeah. I'm the stupid one. I can't blame my manager. Mm. I can't blame society. I can't, I've made this mistake. Mm. And every, every entrepreneur that I know, successful or unsuccessful, one thing that I've noticed about every entrepreneur is that he know, that entrepreneur knows himself better yeah. than anybody else. Yeah. Then, then, then the average person in society, no matter, you can meet somebody who's very successful in society, in society's mm. terms, some investment banker, some dentist, making quarter of a million a year, got a big house or whatever. They, that person does not know themselves, therefore does not know the damage that they, the collateral damage that they're causing to people around them because they don't know how to manage those relationships. Mm, they don't know, they don't know the damage they're causing to their children. Yeah. They don't know that they don't know how they don't know the the level of self sabotage that they're exhibiting upon themselves. Yeah. Because they've not they've not been alone with themselves. Yeah. And I don't mean being alone with yourself by being you know sitting in a room for three hours a day. Being alone with yourself, as in being in charge of Truly, yourself. Truly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, the only the only thing that gives you that that I feel in this world now, and you and I both 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 attest to this, is entrepreneurship. Yeah. Whether you are successful or unsuccessful. No, hundred percent. You know, you know, you know. Basically, look, entrepreneurship is uh, it's not uh, uh, at, at, at its core. It's you going out there and give value to someone else, right? Yeah. And 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 an exchange of um, um, money for it. But that's like top line definition. Yeah. It's the process of what that does for you. Because all of a sudden, um, you're not now not in this cushy thing where you're exchanging your time for money. You're going to get paid regardless. Mm. It's not guaranteed, mm. right? So you have to actually make effort and you're going to fail. Mm. And that failure is going to tell you, okay, so don't do that. Okay, do this. Don't, don't. So that you're, you're, just by you learning, you're learning what's not working, first of all. And then as the more, the more failures you have... The, the, the better and stronger you become because the people a lot of people just think oh, I tried it I can't do it and they go back to the corporate mm. world fair enough mm. right you tried it but the ones that ultimately you speak to you read any biography you 
there's always a story of there's always a redemption arc at the end, isn't yeah. it? There's always a, a story of hardship. They're rock bottom and they've clawed their way through yeah. because I, it's it's that ultimate perseverance, that resilience, yeah. that that and it teaches you that, a lot about exactly. yourself. It's a whole you know diamond you know pre- diamond, diamond only created by pressure by pressure. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's there's a, there's a guy that I know is doing very well job wise. Even if he loses his job today, he find another one in another two days. Right? He's got a good set of qualifications behind him. Um, he's got a good set of experience behind him and everything. So getting a job for him has actually been very easy. They kind of come to him quite naturally. But the same thing as me and you kind of wants to, you know, wants to be able to earn a lot more, uh, wants to kind of be in charge of his decisions, all that kind of stuff. So he tr- he's tried entrepreneurship a few times. And what happened a couple of years ago, um, he he got he went into partnership with another guy. So they were doing a, um, uh, they were doing a small uh, business together, right? And... Um, he started the business, was really happy, left, quit his job, started the business, started earning, started raking it in, literally uh, within the first month because the business was already established. Yeah, so he yeah. just joined him as a partner, right? So he was raking it in, went and got the new car, all that kind of stuff, right? And I didn't meet him that often. So I only met him two or three times in, in, that, um, in, in that period, right? Met him six months later, he's gone back into a full-time job. Mm. So what happened? So do you know what? Basically, he goes, I was I had to work really really long hours because I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning, um, uh, and then you know, uh, and then uh, I've got to work on the business. It was seven o'clock. I've got to take my kids to school, and then he goes, I'm working all day, and then he goes, go and pick the kids up, drop them off at home. And then I've got to go back to work again, back to the business again, and then he goes, I've got to be in bed by nine o'clock, and he goes, I had to do that seven days a week, and he goes, the the problem was that you know because his kids are young, he's got three kids, they're young, he goes. I'm missing out on my on my on my children yeah, completely, yeah, yeah. right? And he goes, he goes. Even though I was, he was making a lot of money, very very quickly. Uh, and he goes, and he goes. I just I couldn't reconcile the fact that I'm gonna miss out on 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 my children, right? Yeah. On the on the on the most important years of their life. Because for that reason, um, I decided to pack it in. But he said something to me that really stuck with me, and it really surprised me that he'd had this experience. If that makes sense. And he goes. I've learned more about myself in six months than I have in the last six years. Spot on. Nail on head. Right. That, and that is the ultimate thing. I, I, I remember I said to you just uh, you know a while ago about t- 10 years on, if I had stayed in the corporate world, tr- the trappings would be there. Yeah. Uh, amazing car, this and that. The other. I might have more quality of life, so to speak. I would be a shell of the person that I yeah. am. Because the amount you learn, even though you don't have materially a lot to show for it, to be yeah. fair, and that's yeah. not to not that's not to chide you in any way. It's not to criticize you in any way. But yeah. no, no, no. What's, what's interesting about that, right, is that when you know, you know when I was in the in my twenties, I was very career orientated mm. and materialistic. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, I want to get a nice car. I want to do this. I want to get a, a Rolex. I, I was literally because it's the same as everyone because mm. you don't really know what else there is. So mm. that's what. And I'm at that stage where. The purpose, the the mission comes first. Yeah. I don't really care about all these other things, yeah. honestly. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I get and, that. And, yeah. and that's the the reality of it. And so, um, but what's what's really interesting, right, is, is this, is that um, one of the very first books I read, um, was, this was age like sixteen, was um, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Right, I came out of um, yeah, yeah, I read there, I read that, and at that time, um, obviously, it was something that was inspiring, or whatever, and then. Uh, it was, it's, it's just really interesting that the, the things that he kept talking about more than anything is freedom, 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 freedom. When I left my job, I remember I started this blog called Three, right? It was called the Three Fs, Fighting for Freedom. Freedom, like uh, you ask any of my friends, this guy doesn't show up about freedom, right? Freedom, freedom. freedom. What, what, what am I being? What am I trying to be free from? 
right? And this is um, part of what I've, um, like this journey that I've been on, right? So what Mark Merck said was, uh, he, did this, um, he said that, look, um, the, the, what my people need, as in to get f- f- emancipation, is the first thing you need is knowledge of self. Yeah. Knowledge of self, right? Mm. And um, the second thing you need is self-sufficiency. Yeah. Basically, they are the two keys to freedom, and so, and so just just with that. So so what I um yeah so with, with with that knowledge of self is the whole knowing who you are. Nafs. Know your nafs. Know your know your nafs. Know the things that are holding you back. Know know what's what you're strong at. What's your fitra? All that stuff, right? Uh, know your know your heritage. Know all of these things because. Um, and um, and that's what, come on, this is what know is today. Know is yeah. all about that. Yeah. And um, self sufficiency is knowing how can you add value in the world. How can you not be reliant on? Yeah. So you can make your own decisions. Or yeah. kind of, so you're not. Rel- yeah. So this is what the other stuff that I yeah, listen to. There's, there's a really good. Um, there's a, there's there was a really good um, little scene in article uh, which was in season. four Five, I believe it was. Okay. And I can't remember what they called the um, the teacher. I think on the go Hodja, I think they call him. Oh yeah, yeah, Hodja. Hodja. Yeah. And he comes up to, he meets Ertugul in some forest or whatever. He runs into him because Ertugul's obviously in some difficult situation or whatever or something like that. And he said, Hodja says to Ertugul, he goes that you know he who knows his nafs, he knows his lord, mm. right? And I've heard that in other places yeah, as well. Yeah, like I think Rumi has said it, and yeah. so many scholars have said it. And again, I say the same thing that that. By being in entrepreneurship, you get to know your nafs. So the, just by the act of being in entrepreneurship, you're you're doing the thing that Allah loves for you to do. You know, but I, I think people measure people measure their success of entrepreneurship by the material success. Yeah. But the, what you're getting all the spiritual success out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, there's there's a few things here. One one is that um, you were talking earlier about you know, the way the world education system. You're talking about. Um, you know, feel like a slave or and, and desiring freedom, yeah. right? There's actually like a, um, a deeper thing that, that this can go into. So I was, uh, you know, when you look at the Quran, right? Uh, who, who's the most mentioned prophet? Uh, Musa. Musa yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's in 28 of the 30 chapters, mm. right? So yeah, you know the story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So what, what was quite interesting was who is Pharaoh? Pharaoh is the ultimate tyrant, yeah, right? Pharaoh is also, you know, his body was you know, was discovered a hundred mm. years ago, mm. and there's that ayat of the Quran, oh, um, at you know, this day we're going to preserve yeah. your body, and it's yeah. going to, as you know, an example to as an example, people are going to come after yeah. you, who's going to live like you live and die like you died, basically, mm. right? So again, so, so all this stuff's quite significant, right? So, so first of all, there's lessons there that okay, we need to study this story and study it well. Right, so so Pharaoh is the ultimate tyrant, mm. and what is it? What is he saying? Submit to me. I am your lord. Mm. That's the first thing he's saying. Mm. Submit to me. Right? So his system is the way. Then he has his um, has Karun, who's the mm. man of wealth. Mm. That his economic system. Uh, he's the one who kind of subverted other people's wealth, and mm. so that was one version of him. You know, um, um, tyrannizing mm. uh, mm. The, the the people. Mm. Right. And then he had his right hand man, Haman. Mm. He was the architect. Was, mm. He was the. Um, They're like the four horsemen, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was like the, the almost the guy um, implemented the system, so that that the almost like the military arm of it, like putting everything <laughs> in place. And he was also the espionage. He was like, if yeah. anything was going on, he was telling, "Well, look, this is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, and then they had the fourth aspect, which was the magicians. Mm. What was the magician's job? Mm. To subvert reality. Mm. Oh, yeah. change perception. Change perception. So you look at that that model or that example is the so model of tyranny. The world we live in today, because yeah. what is the, what is Pharaoh? People don't know what who is Pharaoh. Capitalism. 
Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh is the system that said, no, don't forget God, submit to the system, the, 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 the system's laws supersede that of God. Yeah. Yeah. Then, Karun is the economic system, the banking system, yeah, it's capitalism. The spinning your wealth, yeah, it's yeah. capitalism, all this yeah. stuff. Um, capitalism, I always say capitalism is a religion, nobody wants to, nobody wants to accept of course that. It is. it's a religion. Of course it is. Uh, and then Everybody's ha- like, oh, I'm not into religion, I don't like organized religion, yeah. but capitalism, capitalism is an organized religion. Yeah. But then Haman is the thing that, the, 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 the fake justice that we have, yeah. that implements all this stuff, uh, and also the espionage, now everything CCTV, and mm. they can track everything or whatever. And the magicians and the media, they, yeah. the they change reality. your perception. They exactly. Change what, how you, and what was and the look object- at AI what, coming what out was now? The, what was the objective? It sub, uh, it made people into slaves. Mm. Like, and I remember again. What, what there's a lot of things that he was the first person to um, separate into sects. Mm. He enslaved the believers. Mm. He um, divided and conquered. Uh, what, what he also did, he killed the men, mm. man and boys. What's feminism doing today? Mm. What, you know, it's my, you know yeah. but back in the day, men were being killed by wars. Mm. Now they're being killed through uh, breaking away from killed. their yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So there's so many commonalities, mm. and uh, you know what's interesting? Everything in Islam is there's so much duality. That's a micro macro thing. The micro version of that, it could be you know a, a, a narcissist, mm. you know, like a tyrant in the mm. household. What he uses the same. You're saying exactly what I'm thinking. He's saying ex- so. Uh, so the, what, I, I, the tyrant in the household, no, submit to my system, and then he has. Oh, then they, they abuse you through your money. Oh no! Well, yeah, I'm not giving you enough. I'm not giving you money. Or, and then and then the um, the um, what do you call it? The phys- the phys- physical abuse or the mental the emotional gas- abuse. The, yeah, emotional abuse and yeah. stuff. And then you have the spying. Oh, you know, CCTV. Yeah. Let me see. Ring doorbell. This and that. This and then and then you have the um, you know what, you magician, know. which is the gaslighting. You know what the she- you know what Sheikh Abdul Qadir said. He said, "Be afraid of the tyranny of the weak." Uh, right and 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 the 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 house you know this global event that we we will never mention that took place right <laughs> the one thing that you because you and I we both said is when we were meeting around that time yeah. and with our mutual friend we kept saying that the this compression this because we were all kind of forced to live with each other and you can't go out and you're just kind of seeing each other's faces and everything the compression chamber it created the tyranny that was inside the the, the people that are weak it all came out yeah. And everything played into their hands. And I and I, I still say to this day that, you know, that there are plenty of tyrants in the households right now. Yeah. Right? And 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 it all came out because, well, I'm 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 gonna gaslight and I'm gonna change I'm gonna tell good that other person that you did this and you did that and you're not you're not you're not you didn't pick the tissue box up and you didn't put the socks away and all but what you're doing every single day, you're tyrannizing. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody spoke that you are basically a mini pharaoh. Is what you're doing? Forget oh, you can, you, you're 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 praying. You're, you're doing your prayers every day and you're giving your sadqah and you're making you're 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 paying for the the bills. I mean, look at what pharaoh did. He clothed Musa al Islam. Yeah. He fed Musa al Islam. He gave him shelter. He did all of those things. But why was he despised by Allah Taala? Because he tyrannized. Yeah, absolutely. And, and but this is the point, right? That um, he did all we, those things. He did the material things. And this, this is what people are But tyr- this is why you're a product from your environment So yeah. if, the in, if the environment is tyrannical yeah. You're going to People you're going to absorb the energy And yeah. you're going to yeah. Unless you do what? The opposite What's the opposite of slavery? It's the ultimate freedom And the ultimate freedom is Submission yeah. to Allah La yeah. ilaha illallah yeah. that, that, this, this is why you know, but I, you agree I, I, that I, there, I, are, there are thrones in the house, of course, and there's thrones everywhere, and they have they have no idea that what they're doing is is the work of Pharaoh. They don't they don't even know they're doing it. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just, it's just, but my, and my, it's my almost point every is, household. It's from, the, it's from the same playbook, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. I'm saying that there's so many signs there in front of us, yeah. but what it is, we don't ponder, we don't reflect, yeah. we don't look yeah. at this stuff. But it's all there. Giving us um, insights, yeah. you know, if we yeah. are choose to. The, and, ulti- the and, narcissist and, is the ultimate Pharaoh. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and so. Um, but my point is that this, if this is happening on a 
uh, world global level. Um, and then it has to be happening at the micro level. Yeah, my point and is, vice versa. Uh, uh, the, my point is, yeah, exactly. So these these things feed into each other. Yeah. And so why is it that um, like but you, so you but if you are the one who is breaking free from this, you have to, that's why you know I was wondering why why is um, the, um, why is shirk the most important or the most um, uh, hated sin and all that stuff, but. You know, you realize that you realize the importance of la ilaha illallah because that is the thing that literally it's like a sword almost. It's like it kills off everything else. Mm. If you submit only yeah. to, to Allah, yeah. that means that none of these things have power over yeah. you. You're, you're the you actually that that's the key to freedom yeah. is yeah. through that. But you know, people people say to me, uh, I mean, people accuse me of being like, well, how can you say so confidently that you know what's hap- what's about to happen in the world order? You don't have a crystal ball. You're not a sage, mm. or you don't know you don't know this factor. You don't know that factor, whatever. And 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 especially if I'm at like a you know I didn't at a coffee table or whatever, I'm speaking to somebody in person. They really really struggle with me. Uh, you know, people uh, people always say to me, you always got to have the last word. You you always think you're right about everything. You, mm. you can't take no for it. But they don't understand why I have so much conviction in what I'm saying, and the reason they why I have don't it. They understand epistemology. Yeah, but the reason why I have the conviction in what I'm saying, right, is because the because everything is a mirror of every, of, yeah, of yeah. everything, right? The the macro is a mirror of the micro, yeah. and the micro is a mirror of the macro. I can I'm able to tell what's going on in the world based on what's going on in my house. Yeah. Because if the dynamic changes in my house. Yeah. Right. Let's say if, if I I'm not saying this is the case in my house, but if I'm living with if, if a pharaoh, if I'm living with a weak tyrant or whatever, or I'm you know people on my street or whatever, what's going on around me? If that dynamic changes around me, it follows that something is changing in the macro. Mm. And if something's changing in the macro, when we have this global event, everything changes in the macro. So I can I can determine what's going on in the world based on what's going on around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually have to know the, the truth of and, the, and, the and, kind of... I know, I know, I totally the, understand. The, the Look, detail. What, what, this one is, what is it? It sounds... You know, that's the thing. To the untrained eye, yeah. it sounds like mumbo-jumbo. It sounds yeah. wishy-washy. It sounds... Oh, it's Esoteric. all fluffy. Yeah, it's all fluffy, right? But that's because people... We don't understand how knowledge is actually gained. Yeah. We think knowledge is a brain thing. Yeah. True knowledge is actually a heart thing. Yeah. Right? And this is where... Um, we we are all about like the logic and data, book knowledge. Okay, what what does Google think? What does ChatGPT think? And or what okay? And, or what does this guru think? And then we download that into our brains. Okay, I, I'm intelligent now as well. No, that is um, worldly knowledge. But then you have what <coughs> comes from intuition. What f- when you read the Quran, that. Is something that gives you nur. It gives you like, yeah. that, that nur is that Polish shines. It shines um, in a in a dark. You know, it's like a torch in a dark yeah. place, right? Yeah. And so the world's a dark place. So what's gonna? Get, you need nur, right? Yeah. So that's gonna. Um, the more you have, the more insight you have, the more you're gonna connect. But dots. entrepreneurship fosters it, doesn't it? But yeah, well, of course it does because yeah. the point of it is that you have to look. What you know is, um, in a job or in the corporate world, you are told. Okay, this is how you do it. This is the process. Mm. Follow it. Mm. Or if you're lucky, or not if you're lucky, but oh, you can create this process or whatever. But ultimately, it's very, it's kind of done for you. Oh, sorry, it's, it's kind of done for you, right? Yeah. Um, what when you have to figure things out for yourself, you are using your muscles. You're yeah. using your brain yeah. uh, in ways that are like, and uh, uh, you know, okay, that, that didn't work. I've got to try this. I've got to try, like, you, and so that process of of thinking is unlocking mm. new. New pathways and mm. and that's the point. That is the, that is the point. That um um, not not not. Look, don't get me wrong. 
not everyone who ends up in entrepreneurship has develops all this stuff. But, uh, but I think they do. I think they just don't recognize that they do. No, 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 no it is. That's why for me, it actually depends on the purpose. I keep, say, keep saying that because when your purpose is, because some people's purpose is just, okay, look, I need to do this to make money to feed my family, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and you're going to do it up to a level. But once you've reached that level, okay, I'm, I've got enough to feed my family and I've got a bit of savings and stuff like that, it kind of stops. The point of a purpose that's big, greater than yourself is that it completely uh, unlocks you, first of all. Secondly, the urgency to, to do something. I'll give you an example, right? Imagine if I said to you, okay, look, um, can you lift a car? You say, oh, no, of course I can't. So now imagine your child was underneath it. Like, you still can't, right? Because you haven't got, you haven't, it doesn't give you superhuman strength. But what your your way of yeah. tackling that problem changes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. what you now do is, okay, right, Let me. I, this has to be done. Let me knock on every single door. Let me get a lever, lever yeah. or something. You'll yeah. do whatever it takes yeah. because it must be done. Hmm. That's the point. That What a purpose. Purpose is like your baby. You will do whatever it takes to, to for the for the mission. You Things that you won't do for yourself, things that you might not even do for your family. No, it's got to be done. Yeah. I've got. I just got to figure out how to do it, and and that's the, and and that's the thing. And I, so yeah, so with um, and this is why I keep I refer back to a lot to uh, scripture and also the uh, the prophets because these are all mm. the examples the for examples, us. Guidance. So like this is why I, I talked a lot about you know there's certain milestones in my life that then you start seeing patterns. You know you talk about insights and mm. that, that's the whole point that when you start looking back into yourself and you do that deep work into yourself. You start saying, "Oh, actually, there's repeated patterns here. This telling you something because hmm. uh, Allah doesn't um, lay it out for you. You need to, this is why this is why you search. You're seeking knowledge. You're on the search for knowledge or pursuit for knowledge because you need to like yeah. ma- you, you connect to the dots. Yeah. And so, so when I started, um, you know, doing this into, into myself, um, yeah, you, you start basically when you start seeing patterns, you start thinking, okay, this is um, what it should be leading to. Like the Prophet he, he was. Um, uh, obviously he was an orphan So he had to deal with difficulty initially mm. Then what happened Is that he uh, Became a, a Shepherd So he learned how to lead a flock mm. and stuff mm. Then he became a trader mm. So he learned how to Have good relations Become the trustworthy etc mm. All of these things Were feeding into his ultimate mission yeah. Which was what? Which was to be you, just, you have to polish your skills You have to polish you? your skills So all yeah. these things are leading towards yeah. something So that's why That's, that's why I, I believe That nothing you do is meaningless Like look, I, look my, my, my journey right I um, so, so after I quit my job I thought I've got Three months notice I'll figure something out I didn't know what I was going to do But then what I came across Was Amazon I thought oh well, actually yeah, I've actually got retail uh, Buying experience This is like the Perfect Perfect fit So I did Amazon That was good I, I enjoyed it I went to China a few times And But again That's quite It's not like It's quite purposeless yeah. But I enjoyed it Because it's me Bringing something to life and I thought, okay, so I learned, okay, I've got product development skills. Mm. Oh, I'm actually quite good at design. I'm quite good at copywriting. You're still going to make me that perfume that you said you were going to Yeah, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> inshallah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so that was, but then what happened was that, that then led to, oh, you know what, I, I, I don't want to just do basic products. I actually want to test myself with the next, well, how do I create a product from scratch? Mm. This is where the whole mm. tech product, Zencube thing came from, right? So it's like, okay, let's create something and launch it from scratch. Mm. And then that was a whole new um, pathway opened in terms of challenges. And n- now it's not about, oh, you're running on Amazon for your marketing and for your traffic. You've got to generate your own traffic. So then I had to learn about marketing. And as part of that, you know, we went to marketing agencies. They didn't really, weren't able to, uh, able to help us sell it. 
had to master marketing for ourselves. So you start learning about it. Yeah, yeah. That led to a digital. But the thing is, that's entrepreneurship forces it forces you, to, you to, into, into into solutions because you yeah. got to you got to. It forces fix. you to level up in so many other ways. Exactly. Blind spots. Yeah, yeah. Only blind spots. It makes Exa- you exactly yeah. that. So because yeah. what I do is okay, I didn't really. I now had this product. Uh, product was I realized that making the product was the easy part. Marketing was the hard part. Yeah. So I've now I've gone to others. I can't get a, a solution. I've got to market it for myself. Mm. So I learned how to about marketing. Then people start coming to me for marketing. Mm. Oh, can you can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Mm. Initially free advice, and then it became paid. Oh, I'll pay you. That then spawned into an agency, mm. right? So then that became a, a full on thing. And what happened with that is, oh god, it was really really good, really lucrative, <sighs> time consuming. Oh, mm. drained you out, all that kind of stuff. Because you're now point, you know, their projects that are full in front of center, and you got you got nothing left for yourself. Mm. And so then you start seeking. Okay, how do I fix this problem that I've got now? The problem is no time. Mm. So then we created a hybrid version of how can they learn this marketing for themselves. Mm. We, we developed into training, and then that, that developed into the Muslim CEO thing that we got today. So the, it's interesting that, uh, and, and, and but, that, but what's interesting is that um, I, I've done loads of things as uh, that were not mentioned. So I did I had a, like a data consultancy, mm. random. I had a, a, a like this. I tried to tap the, the French market with the mm. essential oils or something. Had this um, uh, gift box thing. Uh, had this cake business, random loads of random stuff that. Did, but again, you just you dabble and you, and yeah. you you cut off things. Okay, right, yeah, let's forget that. Let's forget yeah. that. And and, and what, what, all the time. What, what stays at the end is your what you're truly passionate yeah. about. And that's the thing. Like for me, I told you, knowledge of self, self sufficiency. These are two my two core like gifts. Mm. I feel, and I've, my two things that I really want to empower the Ummah with. Yeah. And that's why I do that. No. Yeah. And Muslim CEO, these yeah. two things are, are that you know, and and that's why because what what is my overall mission, my real vision? It's to revive a, um, a second golden age of Islam, mm. and that, because a lot of this stuff was me, me, you know, when I talk when I talk about what what did no, um, what did that. That, that Cape Town trip unlocked for me. Mm. It was unlocking that oh, a time when the ground was front and center. A time when uh, people were actually looking at, uh, beyond, you know, about about service and high impact and like. And this it, it led me on to this real obsession for knowledge and and uh, self mastery and all these things. Mm. I was like, what? What if other people are like that? What if all the Muslims are like that? Yeah, yeah. How different would things How be? And then it, like, led, that research led me on to yeah. well, actually, we were like that in the golden age. Mm. And so what? what and so then, you, you, what happens is that you get, you get into problem solving mode. Mm. Okay, well, how did they do it? What was their model? Mm. Reverse engineer, reverse engineer, and reverse engineered. Realized, oh, actually, well, is there an example of people who transformed? And you realize, actually, the Sahaba were people who completely and utterly transformed under the Prophet's tutelage. Right? How? How did they transform? Because this, this is the question uh, the the train of thought leads you on. Mm. So it's okay. Well, the first thing that happened is that the first transformation was belief. They had uh, the the Quran got revealed, and then the Prophet mentioned it, and and so it's like they had that cho- they, they they believed okay that, that okay they're now the, they're the chosen people and greatness is imminent right that was the first like big transformation so you have to have belief and vision, then well, the next transformation it happened in over the course of thirteen years in Makkah, right so that thirteen what happened in Makkah hostility difficulty. Mm. Right, that was, that was the first. Second thing, um, the, the the first um, chapters of the Quran that came down were mostly to do with their purpose. It was mm. um, day judgment. You're going to be held accountable. He- heaven, hell, heaven, hell. That's so a pain, pleasure. So these were the first few things, and then justice and all of these. So 
all, there was no big um, um, requirements. It was mostly just about belief mm, and yeah. basic foundations. Yeah, yeah. And it was also unlearn the jahiliyyah, mm. get rid of the jahiliyyah. That's what Makkah was, was all about. Those three elements, mm. right? And and so so that's and then 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 they were eventually went to Medina, and then it was all about okay. Now we're established. We're not in a hostile land anymore. We can now build institutions. We can you know can really like yeah. take our learning and development to the next level and do this and do that. True self-actualization, and those, um, those that's planted the seeds for what eventually blossomed into you know you know all the science oh, right, and technology yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But this, you, you, so, but that's why. So for me, I was like, look, this is why I'm so passionate about purpose because purpose is the key. That's the beginning of the Makkah stage. It unlocks the whole thing. Did uh, that if you have if someone is now have got a sense of purpose, that purpose will lead to give them resiliency. It'll give them the uh, grand vision to aim for. Everything else. Yeah, follows follows from there yeah yeah all right man thank you so much for coming in today i really appreciate it i'm glad that you you uh you gave in to me twisting your arm to come because <laughs> i know you were going to delay this a lot more honestly i'm being very genuine i really enjoyed this today i'm really glad that we you know because a lot of the conversations you and i have it, it, the world doesn't get to hear about it yeah yeah and you and i have a lot of really important conversations that other people can benefit from and i'm glad we've had a chance to do that today so if you want to check more about me, you can check my substack at uh, Purpose, Polymathy and Potential. And uh, also check out uh, Karam's amazing book, Billion Dollar Muslim. It's over there somewhere. Yeah. And uh, his Discord as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, also check out The Second Golden Age. Yeah, we'll put your links in the description. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> If you have any questions about the content or the subject matter, the things that I've discussed in this video, then please sign up to my Discord. The link is in the description below. It's a small app that you can use, very similar to how chat groups used to work before. You can be anywhere in the world and sign up for it. All you have to do is, is sign up via Patreon, which will then give you access to the Discord app. It is a like-minded community of other people that are talking about the same things, but we can just speak openly to each other. You might have some questions of your own, or you might have some insight of your own. Come and talk to me, come and talk to others. We can share ideas with each other and we, and we can grow as a community.